Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to discuss an article from the September issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Corn Silage as a Feed Resource for Beef Cows This Winter. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the co-authors, Dr. Rick Rasby, who's a Nebraska Extension Specialist, as well as Dr. Alfredo DeConstanza, who's a Nebraska Extension Educator. Thanks for joining me today, guys. You bet. Thank you. Well, as we look at current feed prices in Nebraska, and we also look at what I would say are growing conditions that occurred through much of the spring and summer, we're looking at some scenarios where people may have some drought-stressed corn or other corn that they're looking at and thinking, hey, this might be a good feed resource as corn silage for this fall and winter. In this article, you address why corn silage can be a good option for beef cows and how we might utilize that. Just talk through with us some things that you think producers ought to think about, think through if they have the option of corn silage or are going to be using corn silage this winter as a feed resource. Yeah, Aaron, I'll, I guess I'll kick it off. I think many times from a cow-calf producer's standpoint, corn silage as a feed resource is not on the radar screen. And so I think the idea behind what Alfredo and I did in this uh, Beef Watch article is it probably needs to be on your radar screen, especially when you take a look at the growing conditions that we've had this year. And uh, the other thing is, is that it prices itself into a, a ration, especially when you take a look at a ration for a beef cow in late gestation and even in early lactation, it prices in itself very economically. That is correct, Rick. And uh, I think this year there's some opportunities, especially for cow-calf operators that are in areas where uh, farming occurs. You know, some people may find themselves with less than desirable corn plantings out there that might make very good cow feed. Uh, as you indicated, it's something producers need to look at. Yeah, I know, Fredo, when I think about when, when we wrote the article, I think about uh, the idea of pricing it in as a feed resource. But there's sure enough some things a producer wants to think about if they're going to feed corn silage uh, to beef cattle. And, you know, I think about the idea, do they have a mixer wagon? And so what are some of the thoughts that you have in that area? Yeah. So, you know, the yeah, even before we get uh, to that point, obviously we're talking about in many cases, drought stress corn, especially if you come to the east side. And so very likely, uh, uh, the, this is a year of need uh, for us to understand the nitrate concentration on, in those feeds, and we can come back to that. But back to the equipment uh, uh, needs, uh, not everybody has a mixer wagon, not everybody has a payloader and all of the other items that are that are needed. Uh, but if you know if uh, if it's something you're you're able to do this year, uh, the, one of the biggest things uh, is obviously getting it packed well. Whether it's a custom crew that does that, and then uh, or your neighbors that help you do that, and then feeding it out. Uh, there, there's a number of options out there. Some people may even use a bag, uh, Rick, and uh, and then you know put it in a in an ag bag and then set up a, a front so that cows can push into that ag bag and consume feed out of the bag themselves rather than us delivering it. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good comment. I really appreciate what you talked about earlier, Alfredo, and the idea that, that especially corn that's been grown under stress, there is a little bit of concern in regards to nitrates. And typically sometimes we'll talk about setting that cutter head up just a little bit. But the idea of of, you know, it goes through the fermentation phase and nitrates are reduced by anywhere from 40 to 60%. So I don't know how important it is to set the cutter head up all that much. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I mean, just knowing what you got, and I'd like to see a, a green chop sample submitted for 
most nutrients so that uh, and and this year I probably would include uh, nitrate and then uh, a sample once we open the the, the pile so that uh, we can see what all we recover from uh, nutrients that went in and that are now coming out on the on, off the pile. Yeah, I think that's that's a good idea. And the other thing is, is that when you think about some of the drought stressed corn put up as silage, the nutrient value isn't all that bad as compared to normal Alfredo. That, that surprises me. That is correct. Uh, you know, even sometimes, I mean, on some of the work we've done in the past, uh, the concentration of corn grain or the ratio of corn grain to to forage material is a, it pretty much remains in that 45 to 50 percent. Uh, interestingly, even if it even if the yields drop to 130, 110 bushels to the acre. So it, it retains a fairly decent energy value. Uh, maybe obviously it's going to cost a little more because you got to cover more ground to get the same tonnage. And that's something to, to keep in consideration. I know in, in the article, we have a description of what that cost might be. And, you know, anywhere in the range of 55 to $65 a, a ton put up might be what it costs this year. Yep, I agree. The other thing is, I think uh, the idea of getting the samples is really important. And, um, you know, maybe wait until they open the face of that pit up so you can really get a good good sample of what's in that pit. And in that article, there's there's sure enough a YouTube that uh, people can go to to take a look at how to sample corn silage once they open the pit up. So that is correct. Uh, sampling sounds easy and it is not difficult. It's just that we sort of take it for granted and may pick the wrong location to sample from. So it is important to if we're going to go through the trouble of sampling to doing doing it right. Aaron, I think when we put together the the the, the diets, the thing that 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 I think caught me a little bit off guard and maybe Alfredo off guard is is when you price hay in at the price that we priced hay in, boy, it makes that that ration expensive if you if you put too much hay in there, especially at the current prices of the prices that we use. So that caught me a little bit off guard. Then the idea of can you feed corn silage corn stalks is is probably a, a really good question. And when we when we put that in the diet with corn silage and corn stalks, it worked out okay for a cow that would be in late gestation. So what surprised you, Alfredo, in any of the rations? Uh, well, I think uh, the you know what what you came up what we came up here for the for the pricing. This comes out very nicely. It gives producers an option to choose based on what they have available to them, whether it's uh, corn stalks or hay, or in the other case that you also brought up, there is the distiller's option of adding that in there. Prices are going to be expensive. It's going to be expensive to feed cows or any cattle this this uh, winter, hopefully not as expensive as last year. But uh, those options, I mean, to feed a cow this year for $250 to $3, that's probably going to be in that range. Yeah. You know, the thing is, I think when I look at it, you look at the intakes on an as-fed basis and they look really high. And I think someone that looks at the rations may say, well, a cow can't eat that much feed. But when you take a look at the idea that, that corn silage is only 35% dry matter, 65% moisture, there's a tremendous amount of moisture in that feed. So that needs to be accounted for as you think about uh, pounds that you're going to feed out there. So, so true. And uh, that comes in on two perspectives. One is spoilage both in, in the pile. So good management of that pile is so important because, uh, you know, it seems inexpensive, but it can become real expensive if we have serious losses off the pile. 
Same way with when we feed, uh, if these cows are trampling because there is no proper uh, place to feed them or if uh, the bunk space is uh, small, and I know you you mentioned that, we mentioned that on the on the report there that uh, cows can probably toss feed out or it's uh, so overloaded, it comes off the top of the bunk, et cetera, et cetera. So even though we're talking about a resource that's relatively inexpensive, we need to manage it accordingly, uh, even if it almost as if it was a very expensive, because we may end up with serious losses. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Is that uh, is that even though um, it may price pretty well into the bunk, you got to make sure that you account for not only uh, shrink or loss in the in the uh, in the bunker, but also what kind of feeding losses are you going to have? And boy, when you got expensive feed, you want to make sure that you limit those to uh, to a minimum if you can. The other thing is, I think when we put together the rations, um, Alfredo, I think we thought about, you know, just make sure you account for all the costs. Right. You have freight in there. Um, make sure you account for that. You have losses or shrink in there. If you're going to put it into a, a feeder wagon, you got to grind the hay. So make sure that you have grinding uh, costs in there as well. And I think many times that if we're not used to feeding, not used to feeding these kinds of rations, uh, you sure enough need to make sure that you've you've charged some yardage in there, don't you think, Alfredo? I believe so. I mean, to me, that uh, labor cost, your, whether it's your own or you pay somebody to do it, fuel, the way I look at it today is uh, if you run a, any diesel engine per hour, it's going to be about four gallons running, you know, pretty much. So multiply that by at least $4. So that's $16 just to turn the engine on and so forth. So then, and then the cost of the facilities and, and the depreciation. So that yardage, uh, you need to consider that in, in the overall scheme of, especially in a comparison against maybe somebody feeding hay perhaps only, right? But uh, but to me, that's uh, some of the things we need to keep in mind. I think the numbers we came up with in that 30 to 40 cents per head per day will should be able to, to cover a lot of that yardage and uh, it brings us back to being creative on how we deliver this. Uh, hopefully, if we have uh, an area where we could even windrow it, uh, enough silage out there, if we don't have a bunk, perhaps a nice area where it's high and it doesn't bog down with moisture, cows will eat right down to it, you know. So, but then mo- move that area if it is a pasture so that cows are not trampling down uh, a certain specific area with that pasture. And, and then being sure that we're going to provide uh, that supplement either in the mix or on a tub uh, beyond the the delivery site. Yeah. You know, I think you put up a good point. And and to me, if you're going to feed it on the ground as as compared to in a bunk, the kinds of things that you talked about there were, you know, you have enough area where everybody can get to it, all cows can get to it, and then they they get, they don't trample on it. The other piece of that is that I think you really got to be spot on regards to weighing the feed that you take out because you sure enough don't want to overfeed because you're basically in that situation you have you have the opportunity for greater losses right no i agree and i think uh i mean sort of making you know if if we don't have scales on the on the mixer it, it complicates things but there are ways to uh get an estimate right like you know how long a windrow is relative to you know, what we thought we put on that, you know, a regular uh, skid steer uh, 
six, eight foot bucket will load about 800 to 900 pounds to that bucket of, of, uh, of corn silage, for example. So if we take that as an example, maybe round that up to a thousand pounds per bucket load on a smaller skid steer. And uh, if you have a payloader, very likely you have a mixer. So we won't even talk about that one, <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, so, uh, you know, calculate about a thousand pounds, a, a bucket, and then, uh, use that as a reference, assuming you have four, six of those on a on a delivery wagon or a mixer wagon, then just figure figuring that out on a on a length uh, of your delivery location, and then trying to determine what that allocation per cow is. Yep, I agree. So, Aaron, I think as, as we think about wrapping things up here, I think the idea is that is that one is uh, get a nutrient analysis of all the feeds that you're going to feed. And then the second thing would be is that um, um, get a good inventory in regards to what's needed uh, to get the cow herd through whatever phase that you're trying to feed this in. And then I think the other part of that is that um, is that if if producers need any help, I think extensions here to to give them a hand if if that's the uh, if that's the ask. So I don't know if anyone else. No, I, I think you wrapped it up uh, quite well. Uh, I mean, then the, what, again, the reminder that we are still dealing with a very valuable resource and uh, making sure that losses are prevented or kept to a minimum is, is as important as some of these other things we're talking about. So guys, I'd like to circle back just a little bit because I'm thinking about logistics here and um, just the things you talked about with equipment. So I may not have a mixer wagon, but maybe I've got a chuck wagon, you know, a floor driven uh, chain with uh, beaters on the front. I guess I think that can work well for folks also. And then, you know, thinking about if I haven't fed corn silage in the past, I may not have a bunk line. And you guys already mentioned that, but I think there is the option of feeding under an electric fence, feeding out on corn stalks, you know, pivot corners, places where we can spread those cattle out and not need to haul manure then get those nutrients back to a crop field where we can utilize those. I guess just speak to that a little bit. And um, as people think about that, how might that be an option for them? Again, I'm thinking about if they don't have bunks already in place, but you know, maybe can get access to a, a chuck wagon or something like that to use some of this drought stressed corn silage. So true, Aaron. I think uh, I, the, the first thing I would say, whether it's a pasture or a cornfield or their uh winter dry lot, if you want to put it, you know, put it that way. Uh, I think we're looking for a hill. Hopefully to some end or the other, there's some protection, but remember they're not going to spend too much time there uh, foraging through that, uh, through this silage delivery. So we want a nice hill where there should be some uh, uh, drainage. Uh, we want, you know, if we calculate at least, I would say, Rick, maybe if we're going to do that three feet to a cow, uh, roughly for for an allocation since space hopefully is not a concern. So calculate that uh, by the by the herd you're trying to feed, the herd size you're trying to feed, your uh, post set, and maybe you even have the line already uh, cut to size. So all you do is replace it back on, turn it back on once you've made your delivery, and then the cows will not trample through that. You know, Aaron, you talked about the feeder wagon and and uh, sometimes you don't have some of those luxuries of having a really good feeder wagon. And I think those beater wagons work just fine. I, I, I go back to what uh, Alfredo said about, you know, get an estimate in regards to the amount of uh, feed that you can get into a bucket. 
uh, in a payloader or something like that that you're loading into those beater wagons. The other thing I'd have you think about if you use that is that make sure you get plenty of time for that uh, that ration to be mixed. So that is um, fairly consistent in regards to ingredients mixed into the uh, into the uh, beater wagon. The other thing is, is if you're going to add mineral uh, into the beater wagon, if that's the way you're going to deliver it, again, make sure you get plenty of time to mix. So one of the other things that comes to mind for me is, you know, corn silage is probably going to be a little short on protein, especially right prior to and after calving. What do we want to think about in terms of a nice complement to go with this ration? So to me, I think, you know, sometimes distillers grains work uh, fairly well in that situation. The other thing is, is that, um, you know, we're talking about this now, but it seems to me that the, there may be the opportunity to add a little bit of alfalfa into the into the ration, especially when I, I see alfalfa prices changing quite a bit uh, recently. And so something like, uh, to me, distillers, alfalfa, or even some kind of protein supplement might work okay in those situations. Uh, but I sure I put the cost on them. That's a great idea. I think alfalfa would price itself well. I uh, worked on a few rations here recently, and uh, somewhere in the range of about uh, six pounds of uh, uh, alfalfa hay would work quite well to supply a lot of that protein deficit, Aaron, that you're talking about. Yep, I agree. I guess also if we're delivering feed to the cows, would you consider putting a ionophore into this, thinking about rumensin that's labeled for cows? Would that be any advantage in a situation like this? If I were feeding a, a pellet, if that was going to be my protein source, Aaron, and I didn't have alfalfa or distilled grains, I would sure enough be thinking about making sure that pellet does include or that protein supplement does in, include an ionophore. Well, anything else on this you'd like to highlight today? You know, I don't have anything, Aaron. I appreciate you having us on the podcast. And like I said, if if producers have questions or need some help with uh, rations and uh, their feed ingredients don't quite match up with what we have in the article, uh, sure enough, give us a call. And I would uh, second that, uh, Rick. And I would just simply add one more thing, which is so important out there is uh, anything you're going to do around this machinery and that, take your time, be patient. Uh, you're very important to your family and friends. So be safe out there. Well said. But for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article we discussed today, Corn Silage is a Feed Source for Beef Cows This Winter.